0: Dave reader and I'm running for city council in district four at the far east side of Detroit.
1: Please share your Detroit background and relationship to Detroit, your history of being a Detroiter.
0: I, I like to say I am Detroit. I'm a son of Detroit. Um, graduated from DPS. Uh, I was brought up in many community organizations in, uh, Detroit midnight golf. I'm a midnight golf alumni. One of my favorite Detroit organizations. Um, I, I lived in Detroit all my life outside of my college years and my time in the military. Um, Detroit is me. It's literally invested in me. It's in my blood. I'm a diehard Detroiter. Nobody can tell me anything bad about Detroit.
1: Tell the story of what led you
0: to run for office. Um, so I, I, I have so many different uh, motivating factors to why I decided to take this journey. But I think the, the, the one that sticks out the most to me is directly after finishing my time in the military, I was offered the opportunity to go active duty or to come back home. And I decided to come home um, and become a school teacher. And I, I actually went back to my my, high, my old high school, Frederick Douglass, and I was working with some of the youth there. And I would tell them, like, hey, they were always act like, why you come back? I'm like, because this is our city. You know, Like, I got to come back. Like, you have to come back. So I tell all my students, like, hey, you have to go out, be successful, do what it's going to take to to f- be fulfilled in life. But eventually, you have to come back home. You have to come back and be a part of uh, the change in your city and be a part of progress in your city. And one of the students is like, why? For what? It's nothing here. And I'm like, well, it is. And I, I, I gave them a lot of things, but I thought about it like, as a student, you really feel like it's nothing here. So I took it as if I can't be preaching, come back, come back. And we don't have a Detroit where our youth feel like, I I want to come back home, right? So I wanted to be a part of that change. And also directly when I came back home, I just, I run through my neighborhood. I still try to stay in shape a little bit. So I run through my neighborhood and I would just see so many changes happening. It's like, these changes are happening for Detroiters. It's happening for us to be vulnerable to outsiders to come in and take over our city and I wanted to be a part of changes and advocacy for Detroiters and overall I think that we need representation on the east side the entire east side not just two areas on the east side the entire east side needs some representation so that was my let's do this like you need to be a part of change.
1: What is your understanding of the duties of the office you're running for? Um, I know that many many have I think the bottom line
0: job and responsibility of city council is to legislate, make policies for the interests of Detroit citizens, and also serve as a check and balances for the mayor. I think it's very important that we put emphasis on the check and balances as for the mayor because we live in a city where the mayor controls a lot. It's, it's a very, very mayor-powered, mayor-run city. Um, and we need to be that voice that say, hey, we see what you're doing. Stop. Or like, hey, we this is not what our citizens want. We can direct funds other places and things like that. So that's that's my opinion. I think that's what we need to be
1: focused on. Are you familiar with and what is your position on the Detroiters Bill of Rights? Oh, I'm completely in
0: support of Detroit Bill of Rights. I feel like it's been too long. Um, the conversation about both the Bill of Rights and getting the city charter on the ballot for the citizens to vote is a very unnecessary conversation to me. It's it's no, I, even after reading it, I can't even think why we'll be having a conversation. Of should we let Detroiters vote on it? And like I said, I'm in support of it. I think that it covers the quality of life. It covers us in protection from illegal evictions. It's cover us in just giving Detroiters the opportunity to, to enjoy life and be able to grow and, and matriculate and play in the city that that we are in. Like, it, I am in support of the Bill of Rights.
1: What is your position on water shutoffs and water affordability in the city of Detroit?
0: Um, I think we should continue to do a pause for the water shutoff. Right. And I'm a strong advocate of doing um, income based rates, so not usage rates. And as well, we need to address the quality of our water in that conversation. So what does uh, good, affordable, clean water looks like. Uh, we shouldn't DPS CD just closed down their water fountains a few years ago because they weren't getting clean water. And here we are in the Great Lakes State and we can't get clean water to our citizens. That's ridiculous. I don't believe there's no excuse for that. Um, so to address your court to answer your question, I will, I will introduce a standard rate for income-based citizens. So if you make under this income, this is how much you'll pay. Simple as that.
1: So how would you enhance Detroit's neighborhoods? And would you um, give any neighborhood priority?
0: No. I think the problem is the problem now is that we have favorite neighborhoods and we have favorite corridors. And we have uh, places where this development is going to be better over here than over there. And I think that's an issue. Um, I would enhance our neighborhoods by giving more funding, um, giving more opportunities for our Detroiters to become homeowners. We know when you own something you have a little bit more sense of like okay let me take care of this this is mine you know and then also uh joe biden is preparing to give us the american rescue funds i will pour some of that and i will pour a lot of that into neighborhood development um getting the grassroots community organizations involved there's so many community organizations that's been here and and seen the problems and been fighting the fight and they've been doing they they've been doing very very good with little to no resources and funding and I just can't only imagine how much
1: work and the strides they can make with funding and backing from the city officials. What is your plan and position on abandoned properties like schools throughout the city of Detroit owned by the land bank authority? Um, I said in I said in multiple interviews, we need to give give
0: them away, refer, rehab them. Um, D- District four, we don't have a recreation center. We have multiple abandoned schools that we can revamp. We have churches that we can revamp into a recreational center. Um, I think a big issue is we want to hold on to things and we want to make citizens pay for it, but it we need to let it go. Hey, here's this property. I'm going to give it to you if you can make sure you can maintain and pay property taxes on it. It is it Eventually, it's going to be a point where we just have so much vacant property and so much that we can't even keep track of what's going on with everything. And I honestly think that point might have already came because I was watching a Vice documentary and this guy, he does he does a tour around Detroit and he just goes into abandoned properties and just say like, this stuff is unique. This is old, this is history. And yeah, the city does nothing with it. We just come in here and take pictures and do what we want. And it's like, we have to address that because that's a whole different safety issue in itself.
1: What's your definition of police reform? Do you feel it's needed in Detroit? If so, in what ways? What is your position on facial recognition technology? <laughs> um, I'm a b- coming
0: from a military background. I am a huge advocate for police reform. Um, I know that it's a it's a conversation around the country, and I think Detroit should be prepared to champion that conversation. We are the largest Black city in America, and change here. If we can make change in police reform here, it will just spark growth and change for the the whole movement and initiative to uh, reforming police. Um, I don't believe in abolishing police. I understand that police are necessary. However, I do believe in reallocating funding. I believe that we need to introduce mental health practices into our policing, into our everyday lives. Um, but especially to our, into our policing. Um, I, I have a lot of friends who are on the police force. Uh, my, I see the training they go through and it's similar to some of the training we do for military. And it's, it's, it's kind of questionable. So I I challenged the police leaders to go about thinking about it a different way, uh, introducing more community policing. I'm a big fan of community policing. I remember when I was a kid, officer Payne, I always try to give him a shout out when I can, he would come visit the schools and try to get us to have better rapport with the police and it worked. And he would, Hey, I know you're about to graduate. Do you think about joining the police force? Uh, no, but I, I, I can approach the conversation with a police officer a little different now because of that relationship. And he's still doing the work to this day. Um, also, I think reform looks like having police officers that live in our city. Less than a quarter of our police officers live in the city. And and it's just it's not. You can't police somewhere where you don't live and you don't understand the problems of that of that neighborhood. And when it comes to facial recognition, I dropped this fact before. Uh, The legal system right now, they're investigating um, taking eyewitness statements out of uh, prosecutions. It's not it's not reliable. So we can't rely on somebody's brain who's there with emotions and looking at something. I don't think we should be relying on uh, facial recognition. I think that it is a way to target and
1: just continue to marginalize an already marginalized community. What's your position on the repayment of residents who have been over-assessed and overpaid property taxes?
0: It should have happened yesterday.
1: <laughs> I, I don't. I don't
0: even see why this. This is another thing that. Why is this a question? Why are we talking about giving somebody something that they were they they are rightfully and legally owed? If we can if we say we can't afford to give back uh, the money and refunds, tax credits. Uh, I, I propose three options. We give the refund, we give a tax credit, or we give them another property. Give them a house that's equal or, or, or greater value to what they lost. I, I don't know many Detroiters that'll say, hey, no, I'm okay with, don't give me another house. Don't give me more property. I, I don't know many Detroiters that will say that. So there's options. The the whole conversation, should we? That's not the conversation. The conversation is how do we? And And I'm definitely in support of those three options of here's the tax credit, or here's your full refund back. Or hey, here's a list of houses that we're probably going to tear down or hold on for ten years. Do you would you like to take this house?
1: What do you see as the future of Detroit?
0: I'm gonna be honest. I see a black Detroit. I see a a uh, a mecca. I see a place that's booming from from the inside resources. I don't see a place where we're relying on outsiders to come in and save us and and be a part of our economy to make us better. Um, I see a place that's safe for kids to play. I see a place that my nephew can run down the street and ride his bike around the corner. And and I don't have to worry, is he being targeted by the police? Or will he get hit by a car that's drag racing down the street? Will a straight bullet hit him? And I see a place where we can grow, and we can our our youth will be like, yeah, I'm from Detroit. I love my city. I'm from Detroit. I see a place where our politicians and our elected officials are not more concerned about the next dollar, but more concerned about the issues and the health of our Detroiters. I I see a place that look like me and you. Honestly, when I walk down the neighborhood, I don't see the abandoned eyesores and the problems. I see a place that's, that's ready for growth and that's ready for change. And citizens are telling everybody, telling the officials, like, "Hey, we're ready. We want to be a part of change. We just need the opportunity." And that's why I see an opportunity for, and, and when I say a black city, opportunity for new Detroiters to come, regardless of what you look like. But you also know that this is a native city too. To, the natives are important. The natives are. You see the culture here. You see the preservation here, and not just in one area. And we we can tell, like, "Hey, yeah, we're welcoming you in our city." But you have to you have to respect our culture because this is what built this city. So, what last
1: question? Mm-hmm. Why should Detroiters vote for you?
0: Um, I I would like to say I'm a son of Detroit. Uh, Detroit raised me. Uh, I my 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 record shows my my background shows that I'm a I'm a solution oriented leader. Um, I I attended Eastern Michigan University, and when I got there, a lot of my friends they were. They were going the next semester. And that may have been because of financial aid or just because we don't know how to go to college. We don't know how to experience college. And I took that as a personal problem. I'm like, okay, I'm tired of losing my friends. You know, let me let me address this problem with a solution. And I started a nonprofit. And it's it's called the nation. We did peer-to-peer mentoring, and we actually helped increase the retention rate amongst African-American males. And most of them were for, from Detroit. And I then went on to spend time in the military, did seven years as in the Army, and I served as a lieutenant. I was commissioned as a second lieutenant in the Army, and I was I was in charge of hundreds of soldiers. And I always put the welfare of my soldiers first. I always was down in the mud, in the dirt, doing the jobs that most officers wouldn't do. And I would often, often hear, like, sir. Go back to your office. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. But I'm never going to see my soldiers or my people or the people that are supposed to be leading suffering while I'm just sitting up with my feet kicked up making money. That, that's never been me. And I think for far too long, that's been the culture of our politics in Detroit. Um, Also, I'm committed to being the voice of the city. A lot of people say, what, is, what will be your plan when you get in? Like My plan is... It's the plan of the citizens. When I came up with my plan, I I talked to my neighbors and I I hey, what do you what do you most think can be changed now? What do you think? What do you have the most complaints about right now? And everything that I developed to tackle is things that came from my neighbors. And I I promise to keep that. I I, I promise to have that same that same dedication to being a voice. I don't want to be a person that get up there and I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. I do I'm do i doing what I think is best for the city. No, I want to be literally, everything I do is, hey, I did this because my community said this. I, I plan on building partnerships with uh, block club presidents and, and grassroots community organizations because I know how important they are to our, our society and to the growth of our city. And overall, like I said, I'm an investment. I am what the return, what an investment looked like in, in twenty six years from Detroiters, I uh, I couldn't be where I am today without Detroit. I I wouldn't want to be from any other place. I, I I I say it loud and proud everywhere I go. I'm from Detroit, and I'm ready to tackle change. Uh, win or lose, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be rooted here, and I'm going to continue to fight for Detroiters. I'm going to continue to be a part of change, and I think that Detroiters should. Should keep in mind that it's time that we get a homegrown, somebody who has our best interests at heart, and somebody that we know it's not going to change because they get into a new position and they get new friends and they forget about who voted them in. I'm going to be around, not just during election season, year-round. I'm going to be accessible. I'm going to be committed to building a stronger district for it.